What's happening, everybody? On today's show, five teams in the SEC this week with a bye week. We'll give out some midseason grades to each of them. Also, an early look at the SEC Week 8 games with Chris Marler. Anybody on upset alert this week? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you know you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. All right, let's jump into it. We're going to welcome in our buddy Chris Marler as he does every week around this time to talk all things SEC football with him. He's part of the College Football Uncensored podcast. Marler, how the hell are you after Tennessee beat Alabama? <laughs> so I, I'm actually fine. I don't, I don't know why people get so... I wasn't that upset about it. I just, I just didn't think it was like that... You know, there was a lot of bad things and a lot of bad mistakes, but that game was awesome to watch. That game was incredible. Um, I know that as as a self-aware person and, and a logical adult uh, and a band fan, I'm not allowed to say a word about the refs, so that was fair <laughs> on both sides. They did a great job and executed every call perfectly. I did think the hit, the, way, the hit on Bryce could have been called. Like, you know. So that that was like I was surprised just because especially with everything in the NFL we saw that week with like in, in protecting quarterbacks and and he's coming off an injury I was a little bit surprised they didn't call that especially yeah. since they reviewed it that seemed like they would they would have nailed it during the review at least uh, when they gave themselves extra time to look at it over and over but um, no honestly the the one that that was I thought the most egregious was the like. They called they they pass came out the ball on like the thirty yard line and they no not the pass interference that that was whatever I just come to expect at this point, <laughs> um, but they there was like a on first down they ran for six yards then and then the offensive line behind them pushed the pile for another six yards they get a twelve yard gain on a first down, and the very next play after letting them push the pile for an extra six yards, Bama makes contact in the backfield rips the ball out Malachi Moore picks it up and they call like forward progress immediately. It, they hadn't called that that kind of stuff all game. It was just there was some weird stuff. Yeah, it, it's a lot of that stuff. It comes with playing on the road in the SEC because I think back to some of the the early days of Saban at Bama, LSU. They they always had those dog fights. LSU mm-hmm. would get some calls in Tiger Stadium. Bama would get some calls there. Most famously, the Patrick Peterson interception in the sideline yeah. that looked like he got the feet down. You know, so there's always going to be calls that that go the home team's way. I think that was just part of playing at Neyland, and that was why. I thought I had said before the season, Alabama's not going undefeated. All these people are going no, undefeated. No I said they're going to lose a game just because the road schedule was so tough. And Bama, mm-hmm. more often than not, they have the they've had the luxury of not having tough road games. Like it, it just like you look up and they're like, oh, they're playing at Vandy and Mizzou, and you're like, or, or whatever, and you're like, how are they always getting these easy road games? Well, the West got tougher, right? Like Ole Miss is is pretty good now. Arkansas is good. LSU's didn't, decent. Didn't they just play at Florida a year ago. Right, but but it had been forever since they had gone there, right? I yeah, I, they had played Georgia the year before. 
Yeah, it wasn't on the road, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. Maybe, yeah, Bama's. Maybe this is probably why Saban has like been trying to put it off for so long. He's apparently been a bad road coach his entire career. We just didn't know it <laughs> until uh, the last two years. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, and I'm not going to take anything away from Tennessee because that was. I never thought I would say this, but it was enjoyable to watch how excited that fan base was. Whoever whoever played Dixieland Delight as Hypel finishes interview, Ooh. that person is an absolute legend. <laughs> uh, th- that was an incredible, incredible moment. And, and you know, like, like I said, the game itself, Bama had so many opportunities to win this game, and they didn't do it. And, and that's like that's that's why they didn't win the game. There was a lot of calls that could have gone whatever way. Um, I will say it is ironic, it kind of funny, just looking back at it. You know, Tennessee actually was the only team in the SEC ranked behind Bama uh, for penalties per game going into this one, but we dominated them in that in that capacity. <laughs> so, um, no, is you know, and now now you got. I I said last week I thought we had five legitimate teams that could that could be in the top ten. I was probably wrong. We there's a case for three teams that could legitimately make the playoff. They won't, but I mean, I feel like in a teams. very uncharacteristically undisciplined Saban team. That's usually something he never has to deal with with. Alabama team. They, I noticed it last year a lot, and I just kept thinking, like, you know, maybe it's a fluke when you go to Florida and you have eleven penalties, and and then you see they go to Auburn, and and I, I looked this up um, and did a, a couple of deep dives on this because I noticed that over time. So there's been since 2019, Bama's had ten games where they've had ten or more penalties, and eight of those have come on the road, and and it seems like they almost set a, a new personal best each time out uh, from like from the last time. To put that in perspective, the the previous decade, like they had eight games combined where they had 10, 10 penalties or more uh, in a game. It's just gotten worse and worse. And and I tell you what, the, the other part of it is there was one series that I, I about jumped out of the window um, and it would have been a, a very bad landing. It's only like a, like it's a one-story building. So I didn't think <laughs> it through. But Bam had the ball, third and goal on the one, and they had to call a timeout to, to avoid delay a game. They come out of the timeout. They get a they score a rushing touchdown off right tackle. It gets called back for holding. So you wipe the six points off the board. So now it's third and goal from the eleven. They get a delay of game again. So now it's third and sixteen. So like just the series of events, they they things just kind of like snowball. It and it, 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 if they didn't have Bryce, this would be a very very bad team. Yes, and that's what was crazy. Like as good as Bryce Young, like he gets you back into that game. I don't know if Jalen Milrow. Get you back into that game last week. That's I don't it. know if Brady gets you into that game. <laughs> like he, Bryce was incredible. It, yeah. it, he was he was awesome. He's so. poised and the the windows he throws into. I mean, he's he's my top quarterback in in next year's draft, and that's I don't think that's going to change. Let's get into it, Marlo. There's five SEC teams in a bye week this week. I was looking at the games and I'm like, holy crap! What a uh, we actually started getting SEC play and the, and the slate start to get good, and then suddenly it's. Uh, everybody take a week off. But real quick, I just want to – 60 seconds on each one. I'll just give you a team. Yeah. You just kind of give me their midseason grade on this team. This one's going to be easy. We'll start with number one, Georgia. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say – you know, I'm going to say B-plus um, strictly because I, I don't know they're dominating, stuff like that, but I, I just – I have a higher standard for Georgia um, as I think they should uh, – their fans do as well. I, they they have looked really good. I feel like they've, they've kind of got their swagger back over the past two weeks when they got these like slump busters with Andy and, Ar- uh, and Auburn. Um, but yeah, they, like they've, they've managed the schedule. They've handled that. They, they have, they have the most impressive win on the year, like for any team in the country, Vandy. even over Tennessee. Um, the I would Van- like the to Vandy win back to that more. 
but was that the Vandy win? That's the most impressive. Yeah, one. Yeah, Vandy win. It was actually the Kent State game. I, <laughs> I told y'all beforehand, y'all don't sleep on them. By the way, in, um, the, in this picture, for those of you watching our YouTube version, Mike Wright's looking at you going B plus. Good lord, <laughs> this team is murdering me. Give him an A minus. It doesn't matter. Like I just, I, I, I would like to see more consistent play like they had in Week One going forward. All right, how about this team? And I know you've been hard on them, but what an impressive win last week. Number 19, Kentucky. Yeah. I'd say what, man, like it, it was honestly awesome watching like some of the storylines. Like Hinton Hooker obviously was the main storyline, but like the QB play in general in the SEC last week was fantastic. And you had KJ Jefferson and then Will Levis, like you said, coming off of injury and, and getting their team off the uh, losing streaks. I could not have been more impressed with Kentucky a week ago. Because I, I honestly, all of the things that I had seen all year long, this felt like a mismatch and, and that Mississippi State would exploit very early. Um, and Kentucky went, you know, back to chip on the shoulder, Mark Soup's football. Um, and it was great. They, they, and you know what was the most impressive part is they didn't need Levis to win them this game or throw for 300 yards to win the game. Yeah, and, and, and I look at it like this. Like, Kentucky is best is at their strength when it's Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez. The Ole Miss game, mm-hmm. they just got R- Rodriguez back. He was still getting his legs under him. And it's a game they should have won, right? They got into Ole Miss territory three times, mm-hmm. fumbled the ball away, probably should have won that one. And then the week after against South Carolina, they don't have Levis at all. They have Chris Rodriguez, right. but it isn't enough. This past week, they had Levis, they had Rodriguez. Boom, they get a nice win over Mississippi State. So if they can keep both of them together healthy the rest of the way, who knows? Yeah. Kentucky may, may win some games they're not supposed to. All right, next up, mixed bag on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Where are you on them? So I, I just think that this is they're, – they're like a mirror of, of South Carolina. If you're looking at these two teams, it's hard not to get caught up in like, like you know, being overly like romantic or, or – not romantic, but like like just caught up in the moment, person of the moment, and, and, and being a fan of them even if you have no allegiances to them because like there's such a feel-good story and you love the coaches and all that kind of stuff. But if you're being realistic, this a six to seven win team or six to seven win season would have been a success this year and still will be. So them going out to BYU and and putting up 50 points on them, that was huge. Um, I, I'm going to give them a, a B minus, which I know sounds bad because I gave Georgia a B plus, but this is what I expected out of Arkansas because I just thought there was a, a kind of a lower ceiling. Um, because of just how tough that schedule is, man. Yeah, when we heard they, you know, when the schedule came out, we looked at it and we're like, look, even if KJ Jefferson plays at a high level, this is going to be a brutally and tough schedule. Like, I just the BYU thing in in October, I just that was. I, I Who schedules I that? Chad Morris made it. Yeah, like what are you doing? Who schedules that game? And by the way, they still have to go to Auburn, which I know they're mixed, but you know they it's not an easy place to play. They get Liberty they still in a row. They get Liberty still as a non-conference, and they've got to play LSU and Ole Miss, and then finish at Mizzou. Like it's still not an easy road for Arkansas to finish right. out the year. Uh, the next team that is on a bye week. How about the Florida Gators? Where are you grading them right now? I listen. These this. This team is so up and down and confusing. I, I honestly, I, I kind of want to date it. I kind of want to date this team. Um, and I have no idea what to think about this team. Like, this is not something I want to take away from LSU at all because LSU looked great last week. And I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to be able to go into the swamp, especially after what happened a week before that against Tennessee. But Florida is just, I mean, it, look, it, looking at the box scores, it it's, one of the most, I feel, I feel like I'm looking at like a Sudoku, but like in like Mandarin. I have, I'm have so confused every single time. It, it makes, 
like the just the numbers they they're putting up or not putting up and the struggles they had on third down you know i i think that like getting one more win like against florida state i think that would do wonders for for napier year one but you gotta get you gotta get to the offseason start recruiting that's where he's gonna start getting success yeah is todd grantham still running that defense because it really feels like what was the grade you get florida no, he's at Bama. He's a he's an analyst at Bama. If you couldn't tell, um, I the grade I would give them a, uh, I'd probably a, just probably a C plus. Okay. By the way, I enjoyed seeing the picture of Derek Dooley eating his spaghetti and meatballs in the tunnel uh, after the Tennessee loss. What was that? I, so I assumed that that was a joke. I was reading it. I was like, man, this is incredibly witty. What a great tweet. And it, it was just a picture of him in the corner eating a <laughs> SpaghettiOs, like in the like. Mike, why was he there? <laughs> he's still he's still on the sideline. He's 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 helping Alabama on the field, but then off the field, he's uh, he's just eating spaghetti and meatballs. I guess. Oh, he was there for us. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna write a very strongly worded email about that. Uh, lastly, Auburn. Give me a grade on uh, where the Auburn Tigers are midseason. I'd give them a D, um, like D's nuts, because they are the worst. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, honestly, if it was just this last game, I would give them a B in the last game. Uh, but on the season, man, I, I don't know why I went out of my way to try to convince myself and anyone that would listen that Harson was a, like a better coach than this and didn't deserve any of the stuff that he was getting. But you got to give him a D, right? I, like, I, don't, I, feel, I would feel bad for giving him an F, but they probably deserve an F. Yeah, they're they're still. I mean, like they're still playing hard, so there's that. But losses are losses. And now, do you know that their their turnover margin is? Um, it's got to be up there. Take a guess. Um, for they, I I think they only have a couple interceptions or fumble recoveries on the year, and they've turned the ball over. Maybe it's they're they're minus six, minus eleven. Oh well. Tough to do halfway yeah, through the season. Not going to win many games that way. All right, he is Chris Marler, College Football Uncensored Podcast. Coming up next, we're going to preview all of the SEC slates. Only five games, but we'll get into it in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Sweat Block. Look, uh, we talked to you about Sweat Block last football season. We've all been there. You're at the tailgate. The humidity is pumping. It's a little hotter than you thought, and you start pitting. Look, if you're wearing a, a light red shirt, a purple shirt, a gold shirt, whatever it is, your sweat stains are going to show through your shirt. And uh, if you've suffered from excessive underarm sweat for however long, you can go check out our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, you need to go try out Sweatblock. Save 20% with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Over at sweatblock.com, you can try them out. And I guarantee you, you are going to uh, love the results, especially if you're one of those folks who is suffering at the tailgates like I have been doing for a long, long time. I've got Sweatblock in my cabinet, in my bathroom. I know Marler is probably one that needs to take advantage of it as well. So head on over to sweatblock.com. Get 20% off with our promo code Locked On. Also available on Amazon, they are Sweatblock. Well, 
rolling along here, Locked On SEC, and our buddy Chris Marler joins us as he does every week here as we get into SEC Week 8. Marler, we are already jumping into the games previewing this week. Like we no, said, hold on, we're not going to do that just yet because <laughs> I want to talk about Sweat Block for a minute. I thought you were trolling me when I came on here and you opened because, like, Sweat Block is such a, like, a duh kind of name. Right. Like, what, what should we name it? Like, what does it do? It, like, blocks your sweat. Call it Block Sweat. No, no, we can't do that. We'll call it Sweat Block. So I have hyperhidrosis. Yeah. And if you know anything about hyperhidrosis, like what it means is that you will never get a girlfriend in high school. So <laughs> um, I this I thought you were just making fun of me. I, I like I would sweat through my shirts like multiple times. A day. It was it was I'm not going to get we're, into it. So we're in the same stuff. club. Brian Kelly we'll talked to him at SEC Media. He's in the same club as us. So sweat block. You talked about sweat? Oh, yeah. He's a sweater. Also, why do you have sweat block in two different places in your home? What do you mean? It's just in my you bathroom. Just put it in the bathroom. You were like, I got it in my pantry. I got it in my no, pocket. No, I, I meant my cabinet in the bathroom. <laughs> but I, thing, but be. they do have wipes too that you could put in your in your uh, pocket and bring to the tailgate, and that that helps out. I'm one of those guys. Like when I go to tailgates, I always have to bring the extra shirt. Now it's starting to get cooler, so it's a little bit better. But I have to go. I have to do that everywhere. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Let's jump into the slate in week eight, Marler. We'll start with an easy one. We won't spend a whole lot of time on this, but th- this is like a game like, why the hell are we even playing this? 12 Eastern on SEC Network. It's Tennessee Martin at number three, Tennessee. 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff. There's no line on this game. Um, this feels like one at Tennessee. Rest all your players who were banged up from a week ago. Get Hendon Hooker the hell out of there as quickly as possible and uh, just get the W. So we were talking about this at work this week, and it – it honestly, it makes me happy for Tennessee because this, this is like the perfect setup. Because like this, this has very big morning after the national championship. Stetson Bennett drunk on TV vibes. Like we're still just celebrating. Like, you know they are, and they, as they should be. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, uh, UT Martin is is not as good as UT Frazier. Uh, or whatever early '90s sitcoms um, that you watch, but like, wow. So I, you know, I don't, I don't. UT I really Niles Crane, they don't play them. <laughs> UT Daffy, um, no, but I, you know, get everyone, get everyone healthy because that, I, I, it feels like it's like a a game between North Korea and and Russia at this point for me because of Twitter. Um, but Georgia Tennessee is going to be awesome. So yeah, just get get the starters out early. By the way, Roz was the biggest TV whore since uh, Blanche on Golden Girls. We can't say it. First off, you can't say it. Also, listen, if you two are listening, you guys got to cover number 11. You got to cover number 11. Just trust me. <laughs> Frasier is a great show, by the way. Go back and watch mm-hmm. it. It reruns on like Lifetime Frasier's overnight. People that, that like have cats and spell <laughs> shop with an extra P and an E. Four o'clock Eastern on SEC Network. Oh man, this is a dandy. It is three and four Vandy at two and four Mizzou on the SEC Network. Mizzou, I couldn't believe this line, Marler. A two touchdown favorite. Vandy finally gets a winnable SEC game here. But can we keep in mind both these teams are 0-3 in the SEC? So it's not like Mizzou is that much better than Vandy. Yeah, I don't I I don't I feel like I'm I'm like picking on kids at a camp or something like that for if I if I say something mean about either one of these teams this is you know this reminds me of is like remember that episode of the office when they're like they're playing ping pong and and Kelly keeps talking crap to to Pam she's like you know what pick up the paddle let's do it right and then they're both awful like that's that's what this is they're gonna be counting to ping like for like the first two and a half quarters um I would assume like this this is probably a really good spot for Mizzou like 
it, like in a necessary spot for for Drinkwitz because he needs like a, a convincing win. It's in Nashville. It's at Mizzou. Oh, okay, so even worse. Wow. Um, well, you know, that should be. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch that for a second. I might put on C-SPAN <laughs> before I watch that. By the way, Luther Burden still nursing a left ankle injury, so he may not go in this one. So even well, then we're gonna throw him the ball anyway. Even so. <laughs> even less reason to watch it. All right, uh, this one is an interesting one. Uh, number 24 Mississippi State is at number six Alabama, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. Bama's the three-touchdown favorite. Obviously, Bama trying to bounce back from the loss to Tennessee. Mississippi State, uh, they had an ugly game last week in their loss to Kentucky. They were – you thought Alabama was penalized a lot last week. Mississippi State was. 13 penalties called against Mississippi State. It was tied for the most in uh, in Mike Leach's tenure in uh, uh, with the Bulldogs. So Hold on real quick, just so we're on the same page. You said you thought Bama had a lot of penalties, and then you said that they had the most in two years under leash? Yeah. If, I swear to God, if this game, they're already be throwing the ball a thousand times each side. <laughs> if this, if there's over, to, whoever the refs are, I'm not asking for any favors, but we're all asking, like, we would like to go to bed at some point. I'm pretty sure it's daylight savings time or something stupid. So, like, this game could go five hours. This is going to be like when Tim Wakefield pitched for like the for the Red Sox back in the day. Just it's like a four and a half hour six inning outing. Doesn't Saban though go to Bill O'Brien and go look? I know we want him to get Bryce's numbers up there, but he already missed a game. He's probably not going to repeat as the Heisman. Can we we just run Jameer Gibbs on every down, please? Like the, the- no, we don't do that even uh, on the downs, and you need to do it. We don't do it on the goal line. We don't do it. it he he had he had five attempts from inside the two yard line through the air last week. Jameer Gibbs had one one run from that that same distance. Um, yeah, uh, you know Bill O'Brien. I, I think there's a lot of people that were hoping to be talked off a ledge a week ago with Bama, and I was kind of hoping to find him on one so I could push him off. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> there, there are ba- I, there are uh, Bama fans literally calling Wisconsin and going, "Hey, uh, Bill O'Brien would be tremendous there for you guys." Yeah, already won the Big yeah. Ten. Bring him back. I mean, you know, I will say to his credit real quick, like not running the ball, I think was a pretty big mistake when you consider just how quickly Tennessee, like not even how much, how many yards they'd put up, just how quickly they had been scoring the entire game. Their last three of the last four scoring drives, they they scored in three plays or less and in under 52 seconds. Anyway, um, he did drop a, a great play to Jameer Gibbs and he just dropped it. So this is, I don't know why we're dismissing this game because it, it's two ranked teams, and Mississippi State's been good with Will Rogers. Good spot here for Bama to like get back on you know on the right track. They've beaten Mississippi State ninety to nine in the two years combined that uh, Mike Leach has been there. Wow, haven't given up over three hundred yards, um, like in either of those games. Haven't given up a touchdown. So this is like this is like like Pete Golding's like Super Bowl. This is like when <laughs> you know I don't know what it is. You don't think though that. Maybe Will Rogers can put up some points, though, like yeah. because this is like Bama's secondary. Terry and Arnold has been a mixed bag. Like we saw what Hendon Hooker just did to him. Like I think this is a week State can maybe score some points. I don't think they're going to win, but that twenty-one points I think could maybe cover. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think they, like covering, even though even though that I literally just told you about how like one-sided it's been. Um, I, and I don't know what it is about Pete Golden. He's they have dominated this game. And they get him at home. I, I don't disagree with you, but this is also like the one thing I'll say about this: the the all the stuff about the the Bama secondary and how bad they are, blah blah. blah they did look bad. 
But they also made a play for the second straight week to seal a game with an interception that was that was overturned. And it was overturned like when Kool-Aid McKinstry was 40 yards away from where the flag was just thrown. That being said, there's not another team in the SEC also that that schemes at you like like Tennessee. Like this is kind of like this kind of feels like it's almost like a like a layup for Bama just because of the fact that it's going to be intermediate routes and keep everything in front of you and I think they should be fine. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we're going to hit on the two biggest games in the SEC coming up this weekend. Uh, stay right there. More with Chris Marler in just a second. But first off, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to go check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and uh, faster and for free. Go sign up. You add your job at the Purple Hiring Frame to your LinkedIn profile. That'll help spread the word that you're hiring. And they offer simple tools like screening questions, makes it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and who you want to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Look, the holidays are coming up. Perfect time for you to go find that seasonal work that you're looking for or uh, the workers that you're looking for and go post your job. LinkedIn.com slash college. LinkedIn.com slash college. All right, roll along with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, we got uh, two big games in the SEC this weekend that uh, pretty close point spreads when we talk about what the Vegas experts are expecting. Let's talk about two teams that both had a bye week last week, one coming off a tough loss, one coming off an impressive win, and that's 3-3 three and three Texas A&M at 4-2 and two South Carolina. This will be 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. A&M around a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Jimbo Fisher talking with the media this week said Haynes King was banged up in the Alabama game, but the week off got him healthy. He's ready to go. South Carolina seemed like they were starting to get their run game going with Marshawn Lloyd. They had the big yeah. win at, at Kentucky, but where are you in this? I, I, I don't know. I know A&M's defense is pretty good. I don't know what to make of their offense. So I'm scrambling here trying to find – I know there's a stat out there, and I cannot remember it off the top of my head, but my co-host, who's a, a FSU grad, this is like one of the first things he ever told me about Jimbo. And I think I think he's really bad off a of bye week. Or maybe he's really good. It could be either one of those things. <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, wow. I, I, so, like, I, I said this a take week ago. That, I take that, that expert info, folks. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing is, one of these two teams is going to try to win this game. Um. Any, no, I. I, I and in the end, we may I, have a winner. Someone may win this game after all. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I've seen these two offenses play at, at their best and their worst, <laughs> and it's pretty close to each uh, each other. That the ceiling is the floor. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think that South Carolina. I said a couple weeks ago that they are going to win this game. I, I feel like they. It's like it's such a different like level of confidence and a different feeling going into the bye week after that win against Kentucky, regardless of Levis was in or not, versus like what would have happened if they'd gone to the bye week. If you go to the bye week and you you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, we're three and four. We we've only beaten you know bad teams. 
but we've gotten trounced by everyone else. We struggled with Georgia State, Charlotte, and, and you know, we got like shut down like our first two drives against South Carolina State. But now you got a team, and especially with like the way Shane Beamer is, I think that they can beat AM because AM doesn't really have that many facets that offense that they can really go to. It's like, I mean, it's they've got a one or two guys, and Jimbo, for whatever reason, refuses to go to them. Uh, I just hand the ball to HA 30 times, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I I'm think that's take Carolina, but this has been a this has been a dominated series from A and M. It's like a massive, massive mismatch. I think that's the mo for both teams. I think South Carolina wants to run it with Marshawn Lloyd. I think A and M wants to run it with A Chain. And let's keep a running clock on this game, folks, and let's not throw any passes because Spencer Rattler just very underwhelmed with him. I don't, you know, uh, we had Danny Cannell on a few weeks ago, and he talked about look, he he had weapons at Oklahoma, and he didn't look great. Now he has barely anything at South Carolina, and no disrespect to those kids who play there, but Spencer Rattler's not been very good. So, um, And neither are y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'm, I'm just kidding, kids. All right, let's get to our last game, Marler. It is number seven Ole Miss at 5-2 and two LSU. LSU right on the outside of being ranked. They were like, uh, you know, in that top line of others receiving votes right on, outside the top 25. So they're basically like – yeah, they're basically basically number twenty six LSU, but uh, two thirty Central on CBS. This line opened as Ole Miss as a slight favorite. It has now moved to LSU as a slight favorite as of this recording. Uh, depending on what sports book you're looking at, our friends at Bet Online, I believe, have them as one and a half two point favorite. Um, interesting notes here: Jaden Daniels, very impressive last week against Florida. Yeah, the Rebels' run game uh, dominated Auburn. Season high four hundred and forty eight rushing yards. Three different one hundred yard rushers. Quinchon Judkins, Zach Evans, and Jackson Dart. Um, where are you on this one, man? I mean, this to me is the prime game of the week. Obviously, CBS has it. Barstool, I saw, is going there. Uh, they're going to be oh, doing they're gonna, it. They're going to go there for live? They're going to be there. You're going to have uh, uh, SEC Nations going to be there. So, I mean, this is the premier game of the week. And for Ole Miss, I've heard some Ole Miss people saying this week, oh, man, I can't wait for that Bama game. Hold on, Chief. You got to stay undefeated yeah. before you get to that one. So, I, I will say that, like, Ole Miss is a, is a team that, like, as the season's gone on, I'm, I've, I feel like I've become less impressed with them. I Like, they have not been a good second-half team. And and that's worrisome because it, it's, like, because it's been so drastically different than them in the first half. And I remember seeing against Tulsa, they, you know, they put up 35 points in the first half and, they, um, and scored, like, five straight possessions. And in the second half, you had, uh, you know, you, I think out of six, six uh, what do you call it, um, possessions, you had five punts and a turnover or something crazy like that. I, so Ole Miss as a team, they're very fun to watch because of Kiffin and, you know, they get kind of creative. Last week, they just lined up and ran the ball down on Auburn's throat. I, I personally think just conspiracy theory that Kiffin was trying to troll Bama by running for one 69 times <laughs> and then two showing Bill O'Brien that's what you're supposed to do to help run the clock. Um, Jackson Dart, stop, just stop. Stop running the football. We need you to focus on trying to throw the football because you've not been able to do that so far this year. Yeah, he did against Vandy. He did it against Vandy, and then it felt like he he regressed last week. Like you know, I saw people asking, uh, "What happened to Jonathan Mingo? Is he hurt? Is he not here?" And somebody said, "No, he's there. They're just not throwing the ball." He had like one target in the first three quarters. Yeah, Dayton Wade had his best uh, game of his collegiate career, but. Um, 
Look, he's Dayton Wade. Yeah, that's that's the guy for for Ole Miss. But that's not he's a CPA. Let me give you a couple notes for LSU. And by the way, it sounds like their running back Armani Goodwin could be back this week, and their backfield starting to look pretty good for LSU. Starting to be more consistent yeah. running the ball. But Jaden Daniels, if he has four hundred and three more rushing yards this year. Uh, I'm sorry, with 403 rushing yards on the season. He's just 48 away from breaking the LSU rushing mark for a quarterback, uh, currently held by Jordan Jefferson in 2010. He had the most rushing yards by an LSU quarterback in a season, so Jaden Daniels on the verge of breaking that. He's also rushed for six touchdowns. If he rushes for one more, he will tie the L- the mark set by an LSU quarterback with seven. Now, there's several people tied with that mark. Joe Burrow is one of them. So it feels mm-hmm. like Jaden Daniels after this season – He's going to be the all-time leading rush, rusher in a season by an LSU quarterback and all-time leading rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. He looks so good against Florida. He was the dual threat. Three passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. three rushing touchdowns, and everything we told them to do against Tennessee the week prior where he was kind of hesitant, ah, I can't throw the football. Yeah, he, they let him loose in the swamp, and that kid looked as confident as ever. Yeah, he, I mean, he had no turnovers either, right? Yeah. So that's like the the fourth or fifth game he, now he's had with over 300 total yards and and no turnovers. I think I think three touchdowns. I I remember as soon as that game ended, I felt bad because I was like, man, like six touchdowns, and there's no chance he's going to even be mentioned for like player of the week because of what Hinton Hooker did and all that kind of stuff. But it was a tremendous tremendous shot from him. And I tell you what, like in Brian Kelly, you, he you kind of saw this like little little twinkle in his eye, um, probably because he was drunk. Uh, <laughs> but they. They they brought up Jaden Daniels and he was talking about like the leadership and, and like the maturity and like the stuff like like the progress he's been making, that makes me more confident than anything in, in this kid. Because like that's really what you want to see. I I didn't think he was gonna be the starter. It kind of makes me sad that he's gonna break all of y'all's records in the first year. It makes me I don't, I don't know what you guys were doing for the last hundred years, but I mean somebody should have been putting up more numbers. Um no, I I think this is a it's a really good game. It is very bizarre that everyone is just kind of assuming Ole Miss is going to beat them. And, and it's not kind of the same last year. It was like 31 to 7, right? Um, I mean, how's the LSU's run, run defense? You know better than I do. They're, they're, they're a mixed bag. Uh, Harold, like, this is a game where I think their linebackers are going to play a lot, um, a lot in the box. Like, Harold Perkins, a true freshman, has played fantastic. And then you're going to see a lot of Greg Penn, a lot of Micah Baskerville. Like, you're going to see those guys playing up, up you know, in the box and daring yeah. Jackson Dart to throw. Now, look, LSU's secondary is not what it once was. Derek Stingley Jr., Eli Ricks, those guys are gone. Like, the corners okay, have been – Derek's oh, back, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the, the corners have not been great. I mean, they've been good but not great for LSU. So, can Ole Miss challenge it? Can Mingo and Wade and those guys test them downfield? Uh, but you know their MO. I mean, they've run the ball like crazy every week. And the crazy part, Marler, is – Ole Miss runs the ball, and it's like gash plays. Eight, nine yards mm-hmm. of carry for Quinshawn Judkins, and and here comes Zach Evans with fresh wheels. And so it's not like it's you know running for three, four yards, eating up clock, and get out with a low score. No, they go up-tempo. They they hit you for nine. They hit you for eight. They gash you. Go score that way, and then they'll, you know, they're waiting for the ball again to come back and, and score 50 points. So I think this one plays out a lot like last year or, or the LSU game uh, two years ago with Ole Miss where it was a 53-48 final in that Baton Rouge. Awesome. I think it's I think you're going to have that type of game this weekend. I can see that. I, I tell you what, I think this is the type of game that Kiffin will be more primed up for. I got, I just got the feeling like last week he just was like whatever, man. I don't really care. Like I just like like they they had a chance to put them away early and didn't I I, I would love to see Ole Miss kind of struggle in this game. Um 
just because I think like the LSU, it's so weird feeling like they've just kind of been dismissed for most of the season. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I, you, you talked me into saying that they were going to beat Tennessee, which was a giant mistake, but I mean, they've played some good teams. Well, they fumbled That's, the like, ball in the opening kickoff. Like, come on. The special teams has been atrocious for LSU this year. Well, I mean, first off, um, yeah, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Uh, special teams, you brought that up. I just got more PTSD from missed field goals. So, um, no, but I think like... Well, like, Reichert, come on, they, bud. LSU needs a game where they can like kind of get this, get back to like like protecting protecting Death Valley. Like, like you know what I mean? Like get like a prideful win and get those people like excited because, you know, you're going to have a night game against Bama in a couple weeks um, and you have opportunity there. Do you guys get, you don't get A&M at home so it's a good opportunity for them. Like, it's just it's a very odd feeling. I feel like to go into a game as an LSU team fan, whatever, and feel like you're an afterthought against Ole Miss. So I would just you know go out there and take control of the game early. And then Jaden Daniels, like he's a better quarterback than Jackson Dart. Just keep it rolling, man. Yeah, I think what, what is it nine of the last eleven? I think LSU's won. I mean, they're 64, 41, and four all time in the series. It's LSU has dominated this rivalry for the most part for the last mm-hmm. decade plus, mostly. Um, you know, famously, I go back to the twenty fourteen game where Ole Miss was rolling high and oh, they yeah. came in and LSU beat them ten to seven. Unless, unless Miles had the famous quote after the game, "Death Valley, where opponents' dreams go to die." That's kind of the vibe I'm getting of this game. It's going to be, you know, we're in the fall now. It's going to be dark by the time that game ends. It'll be nighttime in Death Valley. How close is it? Who makes the game, you know, the uh, game-clinching plays? I've been picking Ole Miss since Sunday when I started breaking this down, but I'm starting to lean maybe as the week goes along. I may start to lean a little bit towards LSU. If Jaden Daniels plays like he did last week, if he plays like he did against Tennessee, no, Ole Miss is going to stop him. I mean, I will say this too. Outside of like those orange pullover ones you see with people have to pick up trash on the side of the highway because of uh, work release programs, this will be the saddest bunch of people in vests that you will ever see. It's going to be cold. I mean, this game, I know we're sponsored by Sweatblock, but Vineyard Vines is going to be just be all over the place in Death Valley <laughs> this weekend. And I, Man, there's just death taxes and and kids named Fad from Ole Miss wearing a Vineyard Vines vest as soon as it gets like sixty degrees. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I agree with everything you're saying. I I could see it going either way, but um, this would be a huge win for LSU, especially getting some momentum going into that Bama game. He is Chris Marler. Follow him on Twitter at Vern Funquist. Any parting thoughts before we let you go? Uh, not really. I'm excited for the rest of the season. I will say this, like who, who are you looking at early for this Tennessee Georgia game? Cause I, I, I keep cracking up at this idea of, I think this year more than ever, I, I thought about this this weekend, fans are just refusing to be objective and admit that any, any other team besides their own is good. And I don't think I've ever seen any, any kind of, it's been a really fun season, but like, you know, if, it's time we stop saying that Tennessee is, you know, they're probably not going to be elite because they, they give up a lot of points. They also score a lot of points. Can't confirm. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, even though like the teams like LSU kind of fell off a little bit early and there's, it's a really deep league this year. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun closing out in November. Yeah, what if I, Auburn beats Bama? I would say, I mean, that game in Athens, by the way, if, if you look at prices on the secondary market already, it's five over 500 bucks just to get in the door for Georgia, Tennessee right now on the secondary market. So, um, oh. I mean, the game's in Athens, so obviously Georgia has the edge there, but 
Georgia's defense has kind of gotten right. I know they, they played Auburn mm-hmm. and, and Vandy, but they're averaging nine points a game. I mean, it feels yeah. like they've gotten Stella's gotten her groove back, and Stetson has not gotten his groove back. Like Stetson's been fine, but he's not been. You said passing still, but like yeah, you're I, right. But like, I just thought, I mean, those first few games of the year, and I just I was so on his bandwagon of toting him for the Heisman, and he's been good. Don't get me wrong, but just not like I thought he was going to play at another level. Like why yeah, else I come that back? That was the offense, right? Yeah. I will say, so I'm supposed to be, I'm probably going to see you that weekend because I'm supposed to be in Baton Rouge for the Bama LSU game. Um, the, the Tennessee-Georgia game, like most most times SEC traditional rivals like that are like, man, like even if you're not a fan, it'd be fun to go to that game. That is not going to be a fun environment. I, I can just tell you right now. <laughs> those, those, those two fan bases are not going to be an enjoyable experience for other people to be around. That, that is going to be a war of, uh, oh, man. Fight, anyway, fight yeah, videos? It, you think fight videos will come out that week? I mean, probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, they're already at it. They're already at it. So, we'll see. He is Chris Marler. Appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, man. Sweat block. Yeah. <laughs> Go check out our friends at Sweat Block. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for watching Locked on SEC and making us your first listen every day. Reminder, you go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network where we cover your team every day. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.